No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that 70 people of the House of Israel go down to Egypt and Joseph and his father are reunited. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 46, right here on Simply the Bible. When I was a youth, I was so excited to go on a trip that I couldn't even sleep the night before. Even now, I get excited when I think about traveling. Israel, his children and grandchildren, along with all their livestock and possessions, were preparing to leave the land of Canaan to move to Egypt. Although Israel was old, his spirit revived when he was convinced that his son Joseph was still alive and second in command in Egypt. After being separated for 22 years, Israel couldn't wait to embrace his son. We come now to a roster of those making the trip. This really serves as the genealogy of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. It is divided into the children of his four wives, really two wives and two concubines. While Israel had many daughters and granddaughters, only two are mentioned because in that culture, women weren't usually counted. It begins with the children of Leah. We pick it up in Genesis 46, 8. Now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, Mirai. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamal. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Puva, Job, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulun were Sered, Elon, and Jalael. These were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob and paid in Aram, with his daughter Dinah. All the persons, his sons and his daughters, were 33. Second, the children of Leah's handmaid Zilpah are listed. The sons of Gad were Ziphon, Haggai, Shunai, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, and Arili. The sons of Asher were Jimna, Ishua, Isui. Bariah and Sirah, their sister. And the sons of Bariah were Heber and Malkiel. These were the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter, and these she bore to Jacob, 16 persons. Third are the children of Rachel. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, were Joseph and Benjamin. And to Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. The sons of Benjamin were Bela, Beker, Ashbel, Jira, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mapim, Hapim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel, 
who were born to Jacob, 14 persons in all. Benjamin was the youngest son of Jacob, but he was the most prolific, having 10 sons. Last were the children of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaid. The son of Dan was Husham. Sons of Naphtali were Jezeel, Junai, Jezer, and Shelem. These were the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter. And she bore these to Jacob, seven persons in all. Both Leah and Rachel had twice as many descendants as their handmaids. Leah had 33, Zilpah had 16. Rachel had 14, and Bilhah had 7. Add it all up, and you get to 70. Verse 26. All the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt, who came from his body besides Jacob's sons' wives, were 66 persons in all. And the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were two persons. All the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were 70. There was a caravan of 66 people, including Dinah, plus the wives of Jacob's sons. Now, two of Judah's sons had died in Canaan. Joseph and his two sons were already in Egypt. But the number 70 seems to be more symbolic than literal. For why would Dinah be counted but none of the other girls? The number 70 would be very significant in Israel. There would be 70 elders in the time of Moses, 70 years of Babylonian captivity, 70 witnesses that Christ would send to the house of Israel. While many of these names don't mean anything to us, they mean a great deal to God because they formed the nation that God set apart and through whom the Messiah would come who would bless the world. Even so, you may not be well known to others, but God knows you. In fact, he knows you better than you know yourself. Jesus said that even your hairs are numbered. The devil isn't the only one in the details. God cares about these small things enough to commit them to Holy Scripture. Verse 28, then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. So Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said to Joseph, now let me die since I have seen your face because you are still alive. Judah had proven himself trustworthy by being surety for Benjamin, guaranteeing his father that he would bring Benjamin home safely. Judah even offered to be a slave for life in Egypt in place of Benjamin. Now recognizing his leadership ability and integrity, Jacob sends Judah out in front of the others to lead the way to Goshen. Joseph had been preparing for this moment. He made his chariot ready to meet his father. Certainly, he would impress his dad by meeting him with Egyptian pomp, but it was also a way that Joseph could honor his father Israel before all the Egyptians. It is difficult to imagine a more emotional reunion than this. Joseph fell on his father's neck 
and wept a good long while. Israel had been living for this moment. The journey, no doubt, had been hard on him, but now that he had seen Joseph and embraced his long-lost son, he felt he could die in peace. I am reminded of the words of the father to his eldest son when his prodigal son comes home. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. And that's how Israel felt when he saw Joseph's face and held him in his arms. This reunion seemed even to have a reviving effect on Israel, for he would live another 17 years. Another great reunion is coming when believers in Jesus Christ will be united with him, either by death or by rapture, and reunited with their loved ones who have died in Christ. This is our blessed hope. It is Christ's prayer that where he is, we will also be. What a wonderful day that will be when we first behold his glorious face and we will never be separated again. Verse 31. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, my brothers and those of my father's household who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds. For their occupation has been to feed livestock, and they have brought their flocks, their herds, and all that they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? That you shall say, Your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now, both we and also our fathers. That you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians." 22 years living in Egypt had familiarized Joseph with their culture. He knew how the Egyptians would react to his family. Therefore, Joseph prepared his brothers for their meeting with Pharaoh. While Pharaoh had told Joseph to bring his father and brothers to Egypt, he hadn't specified where they would live. Joseph had his sights on Goshen, and he had a plan for how to secure Pharaoh's approval. First, he told them to come straight to Goshen from Canaan so they would already be there. Second, he told his brothers to tell Pharaoh that they had been shepherds from their youth. Now, Egypt was the cultural center of the world at that time. And the Egyptians looked down upon shepherds. Even in the ancient Egyptian drawings, shepherds were always depicted as dirty. Israel and his family coming to Egypt with all their livestock would sort of be like the Beverly Hillbillies, and the Egyptians wouldn't want them around. Goshen would be the perfect place for them because it was on the outskirts of Egypt. They would have the protection of Egypt, yet still be separated from the Egyptians. God was obviously in control because this amount of separation would keep them from intermarrying and assimilating into the nation of Egypt. God would use even the prejudicial attitudes of the Egyptians to maintain a wall of separation between his covenant people and the Egyptians. We can apply this today. As Christians, the world does not always appreciate us. Jesus told his disciples, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus is the good shepherd, and the world hated him. We are God's sheep, and the world often disregards or despises us. But God uses even this for good, for he doesn't want us to be assimilated by the world. Christ prayed that God would not take us out of the world, but that he would keep us from evil. We are to be in the world as the children of Israel were in Egypt. But we are not to be of the world, lest we forget that we are God's covenant people. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them. Says the Lord, don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This is the way we prosper in the world and even snatch people out of the world without compromising our integrity as God's covenant people. Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth, but salt that loses its saltiness is thrown out onto the path and trampled underfoot. Israel, Jesus, and the church in the world, but not of the world, a blessing to the world, but not overcome by the world. May God help us to strike the balance, to dwell victoriously and prosper in the land of Goshen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go by their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. Next week, we'll see that Joseph introduces his brothers and his father to Pharaoh. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.